0: visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here's Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick.
2: Welcome to the show, the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and my partner Brendan Anderson is on uh, leave today. Uh, he and I are going through these uh, emotional roller coaster of dropping our oldest children off of college this uh, this summer and fall, and uh, I think uh, together we'll we'll make it. But it's uh, it's uh, a f- fun, exciting, uh, yet at times painful process. So he is uh, dropping one of his sons off. Um, out west for uh, a year, and uh, he's he's uh, busy with that, but we've got a great show here on the second stage today. Uh, our guest is Itzik Emil, uh, is a leading global authority on networking and relations capital. He is a sought-after international professional speaker, trainer, business mentor, attorney at law, and global expansion authority. Itzik helps business executives, entrepreneurs, professionals, firms, and associations create and maintain successful strategic relationship and expand globally, instantly and fast. Itzik it does so by providing us uh, by speaking publicly worldwide training and mentoring through online and offline programs via the Power Networking Academy and consulting and execution services via his global expansion firm, IRON Group, that's E-Y-E-R-O-N group.com. Itzik is also the author of The Attention Switch, which will be a big part of our conversation today, one of the leading networking books globally. It was said that the book is the Dale Carnegie Super Upgraded for the Cyber Age. Mr. Emil lives in the Netherlands with his wife and two daughters and is uh, joining us via Skype. Welcome to the second stage, Itzik.
3: Oh, thank you very much, Jeff. You know, I was listening to you and I said, oh, my God, how old I'm getting. Because, you know, the longer, <laughs> the longer the reading about your resume, the older you get, you know.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to encourage uh, <laughs> people to go to your website, com. And we were talking before the show, Itzik, that that was just taken like a couple months ago, right?
3: Yeah, that's exactly true. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I would was, I was just to give you a cure. I was once in India, and one guy was sitting next to me, very senior, professional guy, actually in M&A, and he never met me before, but he was supposed to be the moderator, and to introduce me to the audience, and he didn't know. Nobody gave him anything to read, so he was standing up and said, listen, I just literally met Itik five minutes ago, but at least I know he's a nice guy. And that's the best introduction I ever had. So that's good. <laughs> so it's always nice to see what people introducing you. Yeah, it's well, great. Well, had I, I known really that,
2: here. I would I would introduce you that way because you are a nice guy. <laughs> and uh, uh, Itzik and uh, Evolution are both uh, involved in the Association Mergers and Acquisitions Advisors, and uh, that's how we recruited him and twisted his arm to come onto our show. So we're we're thrilled to have you. And uh, you've done so many things in a short amount of time, uh, but, um, y- you know, we were really intrigued by your book, The Attention Switch. Um, and, and you know, the Attention Switch book really starts off with a really personal story that, that is a true story in, in your life. And, and I was hoping you could share it with our audience.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, thanks, Jeff, for, uh, for the kind introduction. Everything. But the thing is for me, you now, maybe you should know that I come from the really, I call it the boring world, but I'm a lawyer and accountant in my profession. For 22 years, that's what I practiced. That's what I did. I shared all the international tax lawyers worldwide. So for many, many years, I had little story. I had a little thing, but I never, ever shared it. I mean, the story that you're mentioning was with me all my life. I mean, because the story is from the 25th of February, 96. But I never shared it because the story actually... Uh, and if you me, I should say it in short, just at the time that I was working in a law firm in Tel Aviv, because I'm originally Israeli, and my wife, my girlfriend in those days, she was a ballerina, and she came to Israel to be an au pair for one year, and she lived with the family in Jerusalem. And, you know, once, uh, like three, four times a week, I would, you know, skip uh, and go in the evening to my girlfriend, stay there over the night, you know, and then early in the morning, take the first bus to the central station in Jerusalem, and from there to the center station, Tel Aviv, to my office, to the law firm. And on the twenty fifth of February, ninety six, if you were with me, we'll have a coffee, we have a croissant, and I was about to get the, the, the go to the bus, and my girlfriend hugged me, and I ran, and I missed the bus that I was taking every time. And you know, and in the morning, if you go to a, in every country in the world, it's the same routine, the same people stepping in the same bus, sitting almost in the same chairs. And, you know, and I had to wait for the next bus to come because, you know, and I was annoyed, afraid that my I uh, will miss my connection. Anyway, 10 minutes later came another bus and, and we're on the way to the central station in Jerusalem. And then in a way, uh, police stopped the bus. And in those days, you know, a lot of things happened in Israel. And so well, the police shift the bus to go from another route to the central station. So we're very curious to know what's going on. So, you know, everybody in the bus. So we asked the bus driver to open the radio. And... Um, And actually, that's where we heard um, that the bus I was taking every day exploded and everybody died from a terrorist attack. And I never, ever, ever shared the story with nobody. I mean, as a lawyer, I mean, I don't want pittiness. I don't need pittiness. So why should I tell the story? And I hid it for 22 years till I wrote my book. And and the reason, I mean, uh, the book started with a story called The Hug of My Life. And the reason, the only reason I'm here talking to you, the only reason you see me happy and smiling at every picture you can find is because I really dearly love people in their life. Because this little hug, this little act of attention that somebody who loves me gave me saved my life. And this was the motto all my life as a lawyer. Every time, if you just give, not get, give attention to other people, you can get friendship, you can get business, you can get everything you want in life. But the problem is, most people around us just coming to get attention, and there is very scarcity of the people who give attention. So that's the story, and that's where it starts for me.
2: You know, I think really attracted us to this story and this topic was, you know, for me, I think, and everybody I know, everyone's running so hard and and uh, faster than they ever have. Ah, uh, you look at social media. You know, everyone's kind of s- trying to so- promote themselves and and get their footprint out there, and uh, uh, and and you you tend to gloss over or speed by all the opportunities to make that connection that you're talking about. So I wanted to spend uh, you know our time with you on the show to kind of delve more deeply into. Um, you know what you're talking about because I think it's a fascinating topic, and I I agree with you know um, the the book and and the premise of of what you're talking about. So um, let's talk about giving attention and and what it means to to give attention and have that um, that that connection with 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 somebody. And and some of the things we talked about, um, uh, you know, with uh, our, our producer was. Uh, what is the most important key to develop a genuine connection with others?
3: So, um, I mean, first I should say that it was proven, actually. Now it's very much proven, not any more theories and ideas. But now Microsoft did a research in 2015 to find what is the average attention span of human being. And they found out that in 2000 it was uh, 12 seconds. In 2013, the average attention span is Eight seconds, and it was really surprising that it was one second less, you know, than what Jeff. What? It's one second less than the goldfish. Goldfish has a nine-second attention span. (laughs) Now it sounds funny, but it's very sad. You see, yeah, yeah. And my fear was always, what will be with our grandchildren, with all these things coming to our life to interfere, to take part of our attention? If it's the iPad, the iPhone, the TV, the music, the people, you know, if I ask you now, Jeff, what do you hear now, except for my voice? What do you hear? What else do you hear? Maybe the fridge, maybe the air conditioning. I don't know. What do you hear over there? Maybe a birds?
2: Well, I've got these massive headphones on my head, so I can't hear anything <laughs> so you but isolate. your voice. Exactly. <laughs> but it, I muscular. think they do that to keep my, my attention span above eight seconds. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if you ask if everyone listening, um, they're probably listening to us. But if we ask them what they're listening now, that was a tricky question. I just shift their attention from our voice to something else. You see, so we are the one who deciding each moment of time who to give attention to. And this is the biggest gift you can give to another human being. It's your time and attention. This is actually the brain muscle. And the problem is that a lot, a lot of people teaching us, when they're teaching network, digging us to elevator pitch and all this beautiful thing, but, you know, you talk to those people in the events that they have elevator pitch, but after asking, okay, what do you really do? And after a few questions, you understand, they just they don't know what to say anymore. Um, so I said, you know, I wrote even a blog from a, a elevator pitch to attention switch. If you want to be an amazing, amazing connector, get enough business, just shut up and listen. You don't need even a word about yourself, zero. Because if you come with your enthusiasm, with your energy, with your care, with all these things that used to be fluffy things, but in our design, the core of the business, in the connecting age, then people will go home and say, who is this guy? What is he doing? They're going to find everything on you. And they want more from that. And they'll try to find any excuse. if they to give you clients or to find another excuse to have lunch with you because they want more from that energies. They don't know what they felt, but I'm telling you what they felt. You gave them tension. Nobody's doing it. They felt it's, I always say, it's magnetized the soul of the other person. And, and that's what people should learn to do. I mean, stop pitching, stop talking about yourself concentrate of the other person as much as you can isolate everything listening be on the moment relax and and we have it by the way naturally I think once once I try to define attention Jeff and it's very difficult all these words attention care all the, well how do you define them now people read my books either I'm struggling on defining it but one thing for sure Warren Buffett once said all these things care attention all these things are like air if they are there, nobody noticed but if it's not there everybody noticed Mm. so if somebody doesn't give you attention i promise you you'll see it right away and you should not walk away from these people because that's not so nice you know it's not polite you should run away from them (laughs) because they will never like you and they'll never develop trust somebody doesn't give you attention don't spend a minute on those people trust me there's enough people who will give you attention
2: you know it's funny i i Try. I strive, and I'm not perfect for sure. But I strive when I'm having conversations, whether I'm in a business meeting, or in, a, in a in a you know a cocktail party, or something like that. That uh, I want to I want to make sure that I'm asking enough questions, that that I'm showing them that I have attention, and uh, that I'm talking maximum fifty percent of the time. That I want to give them fifty percent of the airtime, and it amazes me particularly people that are really successful and are used to being you know talking about themselves mm-hmm. nobody ever asks me questions back <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> people have forgotten that you know that exchange uh, you know is is required to have somebody get 50 percent out of the conversation so anyway uh it, it mean so my 50 percent
3: rule does that make sense to you I mean, actually, most people will say to you, "It's probably eighty 20. You should listen eighty uh, uh, and talk twenty. People will say you have one month, two years. But I practice many time, and I teach even worse than that, 100, zero, which means hundred percent. I mean, of course, it can't be hundred because you will ask questions. But as close possible to hundred, to shut up and listen, and that looks weird to the people. People who shadow me will fascinated because I will never say anything about me. And, of course, there will be a moment of time when you discuss with somebody and an interesting discussion, you look at you, yourself, okay, well, what do you do? Right? They will ask me. And I will answer back, said, are you really interested? You know what? Next week we'll have whatever, lunch or a Skype meeting. I'll tell you everything I do. Today I want to hear everything about you. And, boom, they ball back to him and go listen to them. What do they want to say? You see, and, and people will not say, no, 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 I want to talk. They continue talking about themselves. Everybody wants to tell the story. And this is so fascinating, and they will go home if it's a client, if it's a partner, even if it's a new connection, I promise you, they'll be so fascinating. But maybe one of the most important things, they will never remember, forget you. And that's actually the most important thing, to be remembered. I mean, they don't remember, people don't remember what you say, as you know, but they remember how you make them feel. And that's exactly what you achieved.
2: That's, that, that, is, that is important, making other people feel special is a, is a, uh, is a wonderful, wonderful quality. So, um, talk about, um, in your book, you talked about the essential value of your weak links. W- what exactly is that?
3: Oh, I love that as well. Because, I mean, a lot of people think when we are networking, we're connecting, they're trying, or they, somebody told them they should go to family, friends. Start with them. But actually, friends, families, people who are close to us, they are almost in the same circles that we are in. That's why we are like-minded people. The secret of networking, of connecting and expanding, is actually the weaklings. Now, it's very known and it's published and, and every person successfully asked, you know, that we cannot maintain people with everybody we meet. So we have maximum 150 contacts in in the time and that's called Dunbar number. And again, I wrote about a blog, you can read it, but, but we know that to be super successful in life, you need to surround yourself with the right people and no more than five people. So five people will get you to amazing success. The question, who are these five people? And that's why to find them, we go to the weaklings. What is the weaklings? It's a very simple exercise done in the 60s in the US. When they gave 160 packages to 160 strangers and asked them, Uh, uh, they wanted this package to arrive after two days and that's what I think in Nebraska, USA and I asked him after two days we want the packages to arrive to a broker in Boston, Massachusetts now, use any contacts you have and that's of course before uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, any social media they asked him, use any contacts you have we want these packages to arrive after three days, or two days (laughs) whatever the story is 158 packages arrived to the broker in Massachusetts. But the fascinating thing they found, that all these packages went via three people that everybody has somewhere there in the network, what we call the connectors. And these are the people you have to find. These are the weak links. These are people who know people who know people, you know, six degrees of separation, which is actually all social media based on that. And that's why we need to connect the people because we need to find who's behind them. So if I have a listener, when you meet somebody next time, let's assume he's a musician. And you don't want a musician in your life as a client. You're not focusing on them. It's not your target client. But you just miss an opportunity. Because most people will not give him their attention to go away. But what if this musician, his uncle, is the CEO of the bank you really want to pitch to? You mm. just miss an opportunity. So when you meet next time somebody, don't think about him as a target. Think about him as a human being, you give you sincerity, authenticity, relax, give him your attention, enjoy the conversation. Because behind this person, maybe there's other ten thousand people or another few thousand people you don't know. And just, just, just imagine that they're all standing in line behind him. Once you're successful with him, the door will be open. So the opportunities is unlimited and people are missing them all the time. Jeff, people going to every year to networking events. And what are they doing there? They're thinking, what will happen? You know, we've been there many times. What will happen? What going to be a golden goose. they're going to be this person. They're looking all their life. Oh, my God, he's going to give me all my clients. What will happen?
2: Right. It doesn't have to go and collect cards. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Alvin Anson said, you know, if you do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, that's the definition of insanity. That's why we hate networking. It doesn't give you results. But if you know to practice what I'm telling you, Within 15 minutes or 20 minutes on the beginning of events, you're going to get contacts. When the event we went together, I got 16 new gigs to speak on stage. 16.
2: Huh.
3: And I was there only half a day. And how many people standing there talking and know each other for 20 years? You know, that's the problem because we're focusing on the wrong thing. We, we, we're squeezing things that doesn't exist. People looking for things that does not exist. All the opportunities... All the people you want to meet, they always pass your life. The question, you're going to miss the opportunity or not? Basically, if you pay attention or not, they're going to be there. I was in Hong Kong a few months ago, Jeff, uh, in the security land at the airport. And there was in front of me a small man with a white hair and next to him a tall blonde lady. And I was curious to see, who is this guy, you know, security land? Know, okay, it doesn't matter. He forgot his jacket. Now, I could be just, I don't care. I could be a nice guy, you know. I said, no, sir, sir, your jacket. So he came back. I As asked Chinese to give him the jacket. So the guy said, why don't you have coffee with us? No, kind of thank you for me. I say, sure. Anyway, it's a dead time at the airport. I'm just going to uh, go with him just to make the long story short. Who's the guy? John Heelfinger. How many people wants to meet the guy? Because right. all the opportunities all the time around us. And I can have hundreds of stories like that. It just that I'm always they missing it. And I'm not because I'm paying attention to everything in front of me in a moment in the time. That's a huge difference.
2: So you want to be the connector. Right, you want to be the person to connect other people.
3: I used to call myself the connector, but actually, I, I can tell you a secret, maybe and uh, something nobody heard before. But I'm actually calling myself now the switch because I found out that electronic network there's more than connector. Connector is just a stream, you know. Yeah, everybody has connect, connect, but I'm more a switch. And as my book, the attention switch is you can turn it on and off. Not every stream of electricity should pass via the network. Not every person has to be connected and willing to connect. You have to be very selective. Because I learned during the years, if you connect the wrong people, it's actually can backfire on you. There are people who are well ask, will ask, ask, and if it doesn't work, we're gonna start crapping about you. But you did them a favor. You know, so that's what for me is very important. And I learned it by the way, I call it in, in one of also uh, things that I wrote, maybe you found it out, Jeff, as well. Is the Benjamin Franklin effect. Uh, and Benjamin Franklin, actually, if you look in his autobiography, that's also something interesting. Um, uh, he actually was, you know, in American Congress. He wanted to be elected. But there was one guy always kind of being an obstacle, opposing to him, whatever. And he didn't like it. And he was thinking, okay, how can I turn this person to be my ally, my friend? So you knew that this guy has a very interesting book that he really wanted to read. So he asked the guy if he would do him a favor and you willing to uh, lend him the book to read it. So the guy agreed and gave him the book. Benjamin Franklin read in the book. And after a few days, return it and with a nice clear note, thank you, and return it back. Now, in the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, he doesn't write the name of this person. But what he writes, that since that day, this person become a very good friend of him. And then the person would talk to him all the time. He was one of the people to support everything Ben Franklin was giving the American Congress. And they became friends to the rest of the life of this guy. That's Benjamin Franklin effect. What does it mean? Now, as a giver, many times we tend not to go and ask. But actually, Benjamin Franklin found the following. If you go to your connection and ask them to do you a favor, just ask them to do you a favor. Now, will you, Jeff, do a favor to somebody you despise? No. <laughs> Probably not, exactly. So if you really willing to do somebody a favor, what did you convince your brain? That you like this person. And we all know that to start a relationship, you need to like and trust. So when you start liking somebody, the trust will come. And that's exactly what Benjamin Franklin knew. So I did this exercise, by the way, at the beginning of this year. And I put a big post on Facebook and asked, will you do me a favor? And I have thousands and thousands of contacts. I was in shock. People that I thought would answer, great, it's what you need. Put something like, have a nice, nice new year. What are you talking about? I asked for a favor. Will you do me a favor? Now, I'm asking our listener, go, when you're happy, when you're successful, go do this exercise. Because when you're sad, when you really, really need the help of other people, because there's nothing in life you can do without the help of other people, you'll be surprised. And I don't want it to be too late for them. You better do it when everything's great to find who are the real friends, who we willing to refer who do we really need to help me grow? Who are the real people I want to surround myself and to succeed? And most of the people around us do not know. If you ask any of our listeners, give me the 20 name of the people you need to meet this year to make you successful, to succeed, to get referral, to get the next level. Give me the names. Who are these people? Nobody knows. If you know who they are, give me the name. Maybe the person like me can connect you tomorrow with them. Mm-hmm. So what are you waiting? A lot of us are waiting. For what are you waiting? If you know who they are, There are people around us who can get us there now. You don't need to go and meet new people. That's one of the things that irritated me a lot, Jeff. So many people, a lot of us know thousands of people. We met thousands of people in our life, even the younger listener. I already met thousands of people. So what the hell are they doing with the people they know? What do you do with them? Why do you go if you don't meet new people? What do you do with the people you know? If they're all garbage, throw them out. Now go find new people. But first, deal with people you know because the people you know already can get you to the success you're looking for. Stop looking for new people.
2: (laughs) And cultivate what you've got already. (laughs)
3: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And
2: that's hard work. I want to remind everybody we're listening to, uh, you're, you're listening to the second stage and our guest Itzik Emil. Uh You can find out more about uh, Itzik on his website, www.ItzikAmil.com. That's I-T-Z-I-K-A-M-I-E-L.com. Uh, we're also discussing his book, uh, Attention, The Attention Switch, and the book website is www.AttentionSwitch.com. Uh, And I also want to thank our sponsor, RSM, uh, formerly McGladry, the leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. I also want to remind our listeners that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. You can listen to this episode and others on the Voice America Business Channel, which is VoiceAmerica.com. You can also listen to us through iTunes by searching for podcasts "The Second Stage." And I would like to thank all of you for listening. And if you want to rate us, uh, that would be wonderful. Uh, So, uh, just to continue uh, this 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 conversation about the book, um, you know, the Attention Switch. The power of giving attention, you know, so we, we talked about, um, you, you, we just ended the conversation about kind of developing your existing network as opposed to uh, constantly reaching out to new people because there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, potential in, in your existing network. So how does this social network like a LinkedIn, I'm always striving, or t- Twitter, I'm always striving to reach out to, to get new people. Do you think that that, I guess, uh, causes people to kind of gloss over what they've already got because always striving to expand their, their base?
3: And It's an awesome question, Jeff, because I was struggling a few years ago when, when I only had 300 models in my Facebook thing, and I wanted the guinea pig of LinkedIn. And I asked myself the question, how come... The Itzik that I know offline is not the same guy online. Am I old? Am I in a different generation? But I like IT. I'm IT savvy. I love those things. So what, why I'm different? And we did a research together with a good friend in the UK, and we found out that actually our behavior of connecting people offline and online is totally different. So if you go back to the online, we call them leaders. And leaders stand for the word Lord O R S. And what is O R S standing for? You have to be open. Random and supportive, which means that you have to be uh, different offline. You have to be open to everybody who come your way, and you have to be very supportive to everybody. And if you do that, then you'll be successful online. Well, offline you cannot be. You have to be selective. You cannot help everybody you know. You see, and that's a totally different um, way of thinking when you do online offline now. Those people who try to get uh, more people, we know that networking is not quantity. It's not how many people you know. Also, offline, online. If you go to the event and you think that a thousand people in the room, you don't see thousand faces, right, when you enter the room, right, Jeff? That's right. You probably will see around 10, 15 faces, right? So here's <laughs> the face. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, I was going to say, and and you're typically looking for a particular face. You know, if you've you've done your your uh, analysis, I've always said, hey, I want to meet these two or three people going into a room, and that's really who I'm looking for. So I'm kind of glossing over a lot of faces to just focus on the ones that I'm targeting for that conference or that networking event.
3: Sure, but what I'm trying to say is actually, I want to show people, our to the the process happening in the brain. That's not coincidental that if you went to a room, thousand strangers. And you saw 1015, the brain actually saw the thousand faces. The brain actually compare all these faces he just saw to all the people you met in your life, in the library of information you have in your brain, and just shows you on the silver tray, here you go, Mr. So-and-so. This is the 1015 people you should connect, because most probably based on all the people you like in your life, you did business with life, there was successful relationship, these are the people you should talk to. Now if I could stop the time and ask any of our listeners, can you show me those ten fifteen? I think almost 100% of our listeners could not remember. And why? Because we're all pushing the delete button and just go like idiots talking to everybody. You see, if I'll teach you how to capture the ten fifteen faces and you do it, and by the way, we know that 60, 70% of people anyway you'll meet at the end because they say energy is a track, whatever the reason is. But if it's it's that's the case, then you'll be super successful because you don't need a long time with those people because they feel the same feeling, they know, they capture, and they're successful. So that's the reason people spend a lot of the time, and the time is quality. Now, another thing is that they're teaching us go network when you need to go look for a job or looking for a client. Really? Remember the last time you've been in an event and there was a guy or a girl lady around us looking for a new job? They look desperate, right? Yep. <laughs> what did we do? We went to the other side of the room. We don't want desperate people next to us. You know? If you want to be successful, you network when you're busy. When you have so much work, you're super successful. You have so much client. Now put one hour in your agenda and go network. Because now when you go to the event you have more no, no more than an hour. You have to leave. You have no time because you have so you're so busy. But what do you think other people see? People see that. They know it. And what happened? They think, wow, this guy's probably a successful guy. What do they want? more from you. They want to be your client. And that's exactly the mistake people teach. So I always look at things differently than people teaching us because it has to come from a strength. When you're in a weak position, it's always harder to gain relationships, to build relationships, you know, because you look like the weak person. People don't want to be sad people. You'll go away from those people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you explain it that way, it seems uh, incredibly logical. And uh uh I've, I've been I think everybody's been in those situations where they've not been busy. So uh I, I try to at least appear busy. <laughs> uh I want to uh thank maybe, you. For maybe let me just
3: one point here, Jeff. Just real sure. point you said uh, that's actually the word busy is one of our biggest obstacles as professionals to get referrals. Because if people ask us in the financial crisis, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy, I'm doing great, I'm busy. Actually, if a client asks you what you're doing, say I'm busy. You actually, you are the biggest enemy of yourself because now you sit to the client, "Hey, I'm busy. Don't send me any referrals because I'm not going to have time for you." Maybe it's better to say instead of busy, say "Yeah, I'm doing great, but I can get more." That sounds better than say "I'm busy."
2: Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great <laughs> point. So, you can connect with uh, the second stage uh, on Twitter at evolution underscore CP. You can join the discussion using the hashtag, hashtag the second stage, that's T, the 2nd stage. Uh, we are with our guest, Itzik Emil, uh, www. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here on the second stage, but when we come back, we're going to ask uh, Itzik about what criteria he uses before he decides to make a connection uh, for one of his, uh, one of his people in his, his networking groups. and then also uh, talk about the shift from the elevator pitch to the attention switch. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting.
1: You are tuned in to the second stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to one 866 472 5790 That's one 866 472 5790 Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson.
2: Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick and my partner, Brendan Anderson, is out of the office today, out of the studio, uh, dropping his one of his sons off at of college. Uh, so he's going through that emotional roller coaster. He's already done it once and I had to do it and uh, more power to him. I want to hear from the audience in terms of what works and what doesn't work. We want to create a true community of entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs here on the second stage. You can email us at stage at evolutioncp.com. If you'd like to volunteer to the community, your experiences and solutions, uh, we are here with our guest, Itzik Amiel, which I apparently been mispronouncing the entire show, <laughs> and I apologize uh, to Itzik for that, and I want to draw your attention to his uh, book website, www.attentionswitch.com, and we're going to talk a little bit more uh, specifically about opportunities on that website later in the show, but when we broke last Itzik. um I want to put you on the spot about, you know, you had said earlier that, that you don't always make that connection, that uh, you're a switch. So when do you decide to make the connection and when do you decide to just kind of let it go?
3: Oh, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> but I have an answer to that, of course. And maybe I never shared it, but maybe I get one step backward. I mean, people know that in order to connect the people, we need to have four things happen. Before anybody buy from us anything or connect or build relationship, they need to have confidence in us, they need to trust us, they need to believe in us, and they need to like us. Again, believe, con- uh, trust, like, and, uh, and confidence. Now, out of the four things, if we ask our audience, what is the most important thing? What do you think is the most important thing out of these four things, Jeff? Believe, confidence, trust, or like? Trust. Most people indeed think trust. And I said, really? Imagine a lady go out at night for a date with a guy and she came home after that, and people ask her, how was your date? She said, I don't know. I trust the guy, but I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's I guess that's the last <laughs> date. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, we all forget, but it's all start by likability. If you don't like a person, don't even think. The trust will never come. These are the people after 10 years with developed relationship. they said, you know, I knew it. I knew I shouldn't trust the guy. Why? Because you didn't like him. Trust me, there's enough people you would like, and if you like, the trust will come. Now, trust takes a long time. That's what we think. We always think a yeah, trust takes 20 years to build, yeah, it's true, but we have the ability to also build trust in very split of a short time, short uh, time span. How do I know? Remember the last time, uh, Jeff, you've been in a meeting and meeting somebody, and it was uh, you met an hour or whatever, and it was such an awesome meeting that you felt they go the guy for 20 years, happened to you, yeah, probably. Yes, most of us had these opportunity. See, why because you didn't pitch. You didn't try to sell anything, you're just being authentic, be sincere, had a flow interesting conversation, boom, the trust appear. You actually were willing in that moment even to go do something with this guy, do a deal with him. Why is that? Because the trust is a natural, distinct human behavior. It's nothing that we should define again, but it's distinct human behavior. That's the connection. When you have connect, trust appears automatically. And now the question is, if you have the lack and the trust, now you ask me, okay, I went to the event. It's like ability, trust. How well decide? Because I would need to do a lot of work for the follow-up, where the connection actually starts. The meeting of person, just the beginning of the spark. And here we go. So I never shared it because I used to be a mathematic computer guy before being a lawyer. So I like ratio. So I put the numbers. I decided that for me, the ultimate relationship of really of abundance or love was my mother. My mother used to be when before she died, 2013. She was for me a 10. My mother is absolutely a ten in relationship. I have no second agenda, I love her dearly. So now when I meet somebody, I will look at this person and ask myself in my head a question, what the number I give this person? you know. If I'm with, willing to spend with somebody hours and hours, it probably is a high number. Because I'm not going to look at the watch. Oh, my God, I spent an hour. I need to go. Not at all. Absolutely not. If I go to a conference with a thousand people and I met an awesome person, I spend hours with one person, that's networking for me. I don't need to meet anybody. And I know there's no need for me. You know, I'm relaxed. Now, I give a number. What will I give them? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten? And I will now, now is the secret. I will only follow up with nine and ten. And the pastor used to follow up with everybody, but I noticed why should? they don't follow up with me. They don't remember. They don't care. Mm-hmm. I'll only follow up with people who get the ninth and the tenth for me. And I promise you, it always, always, always brings me awesome opportunity, awesome relationship. It doesn't need only business, but friendship, uh, I, I, people that I, I help me, support me, come with ideas, There's a lot of stuff. So that's the solution for me, and numbers that I give people.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
3: Nines or tens. Okay. That's it. All right, so. Don't attract assholes to your life. Sorry to use bad words. <laughs> you know, to, to get rid of them, unless it's not your fam- family or your parents, but to get rid of those people is very hard work, gift. It's very, it very hard work.
2: It is. And they're always asking from you and they're not giving, oh. you know, which <laughs> exactly. we talked about earlier in the, in the show. So um, let's talk about the elevator pitch to the attention switch. What, what exactly does that mean?
3: So as I said, you know, it's more about the the component of attention is a lot of things. A lot of people think it's only listening. It's not because listening is part of it. Attention cannot even be said by word. Actually, attention is not even bound by time because when you walk in the street, cross the street, your eyes passing stranger in the street, in that moment you gave them attention and you decide you like him, don't like him, the brain connected to each other. So you see, so you don't need a lot of time. People think you need a lot of hours to give attention. Not at all. Attention is... Not bound by time, although when you're doing it, you're giving time. Uh, So how do you actually stop? I mean, it it was more in the sense of that elevated pH is just kind of a bunch of of things about yourself. I mean, you're just blubbering stuff about yourself that somebody taught you in a specific order to say. It doesn't say anything who you are. I mean, uh, I tried it many times when I started an event, ask people to introduce themselves. You are going to hear on the elevator pitch. More than that, people will really copy what the other person said. So if you talk about your firm, the second one will talk about the firm, the third one about the firm, and the fourth. Nobody dare to say really what the story. Mm-hmm. And if you want people to remember you, you need to go to talk about the attention switch. If you really need to talk, then tell your story. Tell something that will go show people different things. And actually, they will give you in that moment attention. So you're not asking for attention, but they will. Because your story is interesting, people will listen to you. It's not a bunch of boring stuff about you. The same thing you ask to other people. When you ask questions to other people, you want to find the interesting thing, things that didn't tell nobody else, things that they they don't share normally in the network event. Because first you remember them. my and I, they remember you because nobody asked those questions before. You know, If you ask them, hey, what is your biggest story? What is your biggest fear? Or tell me one thing that you didn't tell nobody in this conference. What will be that thing? You know, mm. uh, that will be strange in one engine. What? How can I do that? But promise you, if you do that, they may be laugh, but they will share it with you, and they'll find something different. And this is because they start feeling this attention, which, uh, well, as I said, you don't need to define, but you're going to feel it in you know, all over your body. So attention switch is more the ability to turn on your brain to ignore any the other noises, to be in a moment when somebody talking to you, and and. And just practice it. Now, as I said, it's like a brain Brain is a muscle, uh, sorry, attention is a muscle of the brain. It's a very known process. And uh, without explaining too much about the process, it's a process of the brain between the, the right and the left side. Same like muscles to the body, the attention is to the brain. So you need to practice it in order to be good at it, no doubt. But once you're good at it, it's come so easy, so automatically. And as I said, it would surprise you. It's like a magical thing. <laughs> it's it's just, it's, it's unbelievable what can happen with it. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you way. something I didn't Show because of that tension I gave to Barbara from the office you know that's the only oh, thing oh yeah I didn't know anything about the show I was not aiming to talk to Jeff on the show I never aimed for my publicity or getting right you groomed me
2: and you never heard oh, about absolutely. me before we were chasing you
3: yeah so why am I here because I gave something else to the, the lady because I found a lady who calls herself branding uh, a specialist or branding director that's something interesting nobody asked it I spent an hour just on the business card. Not about me. All about right. her. And that's right. what's very strange, but that's exactly what it is. I practice what I say, what I talk
2: about. Well, so let's continue that example. It's a little bit earlier in the show than I was planning on it, but let, let's talk about the follow-up from your meeting with our producer, Barbara. Uh, you sent her a book, a uh, limited audition book, and you you signed the inside cover, and uh, you, you, you have this limited edition book, um, you know, to help with networking, I assume, but also because uh, it supports a, a charity that you're, that's important to you. Is that, is that not correct? It's
3: absolutely correct. And actually, you're touching one of the most interesting questions people ask me. I mean, one of the things that maybe you didn't ask and you could ask me is I was a successful lawyer. I was amazing good at what I'm doing. So why the hell I became now an international speaker, one of the ten speakers of the world? You know, I'm sharing the stage with Dalai Lama, Richard Branson, Les Brown, etc., etc. What what am I doing it for and why? And and the answer is the following: In 2013, my mother died, and in a funeral in Israel, there was a few hundred people. I mean, my mother was not a celebrity, but I could not understand who are these people. So I asked one lady, "How do you know my mom?" She said, "I don't know your mother." So I said, "So what do you do in a funeral?" So she said to me that my mother was a very special person. Uh, we, everybody, Every time somebody was sat in the corridor in the offices, she would talk to them, encourage them, help them. And then she go back and sit in a room. So she said to me, we didn't know who's your mother, but we knew that the lady sits in that room. So when the lady in that room died, they all came to a funeral. So that's exactly mm-hmm. what, uh, what. Uh, and I'm in the funeral of my mother. I said to my father and I, four sisters, I hope my mother could see it because she didn't know it in her lifetime. And see, and that's because of that, I decided to uh, to, to practice stuff. I want to have something in the legacy. I want to help other people. I want in 90 minutes or in the show now, if we help one person listening to us, that's the biggest gift I can get. And the limited edition is actually because my mother died from a kidney and the money goes to a Kidney Foundation. I created a special limited edition, which has four chapter more than the other edition which sold online. And, of course, I sign it and I give a gift, all online training for free to people who are buying it. And the money goes, of course, to support the charity. So that's the beautiful thing about limited edition. And I hope the audience who wants it will get for me those special presents and special gifts while buying it on theattentionswitch.com.
2: Okay, so listeners, if you're if you're paying attention here, he's offering two special gifts for listeners of our show, and you can reach us at the second, sta- or the second stage at evolutioncp.com, and uh, you can get uh, one of these limited edition books um, and uh, get a signed copy and uh, get some discounts on some online courses. And uh, with with our guest Itzik Amiel, which is better than Emil. i I, I you know, <laughs> as Americans, we tend to screw up all these wonderful names. We just kind of, it's just so <laughs> yeah, Americanized. Yeah, <laughs> oh, is that what it stands for? That's, that's yeah, that's yeah. great.
3: It's a Hebrew way from Hebrew as well. So,
2: so you can also reach Itzik at info at itzikamiel.com. Uh, you know, or, or reach him through through uh, his uh, social media. Is on LinkedIn, and he has a Twitter handle at Amiel Itzik. Um, so, uh, one thing you know, you travel quite a bit, and um, how does I guess the um, you know the cultural changes, you know, the cultural differences, and going across borders, how does that impact networking, and and how does that affect your communication skills, and how you're dealing with people?
3: It's, again, an excellent question, Jeff. But, I mean, I already caught it saying it being a lawyer because I was uh, involved in international tax and M&A transaction. And a lot of time, a lot of M&A transactions, and you know you're in that world, actually forgetting about the people part of the business. And I learned it a lot when I did it in the Far East, a lot of emerging markets. I found out that uh, a lot of those uh, parties understand it very well. If you look at the Indian, they used to buy a lot of companies, 50% only, and then they left the other 50% because they want the local to continue to uh, be able to uh, manage the company, and then uh, they will not make too much you know, difference in the people. They're not shocking the company. Now, when you do international business, the only thing I say, because I'm involved for 22 years in expanding company abroad and helping, Look always when you do an acquisition on the people. See if there is a match. And if not, invest time and money there. Because at the end of the day, if your people would leave or the people you're buying would leave, you're left with the empty uh, empty, uh, windows, empty uh, places. And the client, of course, would leave. So it's all about people. Everything we do in life is about people. And if you have amazing people, probably you better invest more money on it. And what we call the culture differences, body language, all the things. Study in advance. Don't misjudge. Don't think. You know, if I tell you one story, you know, American, uh, Coca-Cola, very small in China, you know, less than Pepsi-Cola. And, you know, the reason for it is very simple. Many, many years ago when the American went to China, the Chinese took the museum, took them to to a massage, to a restaurant, and after 10 days, the American said to the host, I mean, come on, we came to do business, not to be a tourist. The Chinese sent them out of the country for 20 years. And the reason for it, because in China, if you know, in the business culture, the first two weeks called Kwanji. That's the time when you start liking each other. You go to, to, to do this chemistry, and you like each other, hanging together, going to drink, eating together. When there is a chemistry when you like each other, now it's time to do business. And mm. that's in most of the countries in the world, it's the same, don't make the mistake. And even the European, even Germany or Russia, everywhere you go is all based on that. And I mean, few countries in the world only don't, don't care about relationship. In our days, in the connecting age, that's the main thing, and you can get a lot of things paid, even a multiplier of more money, not because of the valuation of the company, but because of the people involved in the company. And the biggest evidence in the U.S. is, by the way, is Zappos company. If you look at Zappos, mm-hmm. you can see it's based on those things I'm just talking about. So. Yep. All
2: right, so we have one minute, and you've given us a couple practical exercises for working on your attention-giving skills. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to share those with the audience, or do you want me to? Oh, you yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. So the All first right. is to to learn to remember people's first names. Use the imaginary system to remember name of the person. Part of the pure attention giving exercise. That's correct. And, and then the second is serendipity networking, which is go out of your circle to an event or a place out of your industry and expect the unexpected.
3: And and, so, and this is very very simple to tell. Here is just that you know, if you go to events and you don't see anybody from, if you go to an event and everywhere is the same like you. You have a hard work. If you go to an event out of your circle, go to a fashion event. Nobody is there from your industry. You'll be the only one. You'll shine through. So it's very easy.
2: Well, Itzik Amiel, this has been uh, a wonderful conversation. Uh, Please uh, go to the book website, uh, www.attentionswitch.com. You can uh, also learn more about Itzik at his website, www.ItzikAmiel.com. That's I-T-Z-I-K-A-M-I-E-L.com. I I think we've done our job here today giving actionable advice, and to all our listeners have passion for possibilities. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the second stage.
3: Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks for everything.
2: My pleasure. Our pleasure. It's wonderful having you on the show. It's it. A-
1: Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Kadlik and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week.